This is Brad Starks from the Roto Lounge. I just want to remind you, if you want that insider information, the strategy on how to be one step ahead of your competition, find us at patreon.com slash rotolounge. For as little as $2 a month, the same amount as you would get in a vending machine for a month, you can have access to my Patreon account, Discord channel, dropping videos almost every day, whether it's a whiskey sample, whether it's uh, buy lows, whether it's running prospects through the data model. So much information on the Patreon channel, and it's so simple to join. We're building something special there. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Lounge. You won't regret it. Drop in articles, anything you need to help you stay one step ahead of your competition. Join us. Meet us there. We are there. We are shining our fantasy trophies. Grind and shine, baby. That's what we do. Welcome to the Roto Lounge. I'm your host, Brad Starks. Tonight, we're going to talk about Rashad Bateman and his NFL prospect potential. But before we get started, let's talk about what we're drinking on tonight. And tonight, I'm drinking on some Russell's Reserve Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey Single Barrel. This is aged for 10 years. Comes in at 110 proof. This right here is probably one of the best value bottle bourbons you can find on the market. It's readily available. It's probably around $50 or $60. But when I drink this, it reminds me of if I never had bourbon whiskey before and I've just heard about it and I and I wonder what bourbon whiskey tastes, tastes like. Russell Reserve is probably that whiskey. So if you have a chance... Pick yourself up a bottle. You won't regret it. Some good stuff. Cheers to you. Now let's talk about Rashad Bateman. And I don't want to get into too much comparisons, but this is my first evaluation of the year. And last year, my first evaluation of the year was Justin Jefferson. He ended up being our wide receiver one on the Roto Lounge rankings. And I see a lot of similarities to Rashad Bateman and I don't want to get too excited, but we'll talk about how he compares to Jefferson and then how he is just an athlete on his own, okay? So let's talk about real quick. Last year, we talked about Jefferson. His date of birth uh, was 116-1999, and Bateman's is November 29th, 1999, okay? A year younger than Justin Jefferson. Now, Justin Jefferson was a three-star recruit from Louisiana. He was ranked as the 308th wide receiver in his class coming out of high school. And Rashad Bateman, he was a four-star recruit coming out of Tifton, Georgia. And he was ranked wide receiver 367 coming out of high school. Now, some people you listen to might not talk about high school career 
and how that affects uh, their potential at the next level, but why not? All right, some say it's not very important, but again, I ask why not? Uh, this may be the difference between Roto Lounge evaluations and other people you may look at for advice. Now, I believe there is a correlation between high school, college, and the NFL. And before I get into that, let me ask you something. If you dominate at your position in high school and then college, do you think that translates to the next level? I mean, I'm not saying that if you dominate high school, you're going to dominate the pros because a lot of kids get lost in the college program between partying, guidance, accountability. So a lot of the top prospects don't make it at the college level. But I always refer back to as early as high school for my evaluation purposes. And, you know, there's two good examples, two stark examples, a positive and a negative. And we look at the first one being Tyreek Hill. All right. Tyreek Hill was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. He was the second ranked all-purpose back in his class. Does this individual ranking predict NFL success? No. But as a fifth-round draft pick in 2016, the cost associated with Tyreek Hill, adding him to your fantasy league was little to none. All right, You were adding a five-star athlete, drafting the fifth round of the NFL for pennies on the dollar. Now on the flip side, you have Corey Davis. He was a two-star recruit coming out of high school. He was the 319th ranked wide receiver in his class. And he went number four overall in the NFL draft, I believe, something like that. He was very high in rookie drafts. So the cost of acquiring Corey Davis was a lot higher. And the fact that Corey Davis hasn't panned out, we can go back. Maybe he wasn't that good. He was a two-star athlete. He had a great career at a small college, was a high draft pick, but he hasn't translated to the NFL. So you got to take into consideration their high school pedigree as well, in my opinion. Now, here at the Road Lounge, I want to try to take everything into consideration, similar to like an NFL front office would or a scouting department would. We're going to look at everything, high school, college, personal life. Try to figure out what these players are all about before we invest in our fantasy leagues. So with Rashad Bateman being the 367th ranked wide receiver in his class, does it give me pause? I don't know. Let's look at some other NFL players that have had similar value coming out of high school. Looking at some recent high school four-star recruits, Odell Beckham was a four-star recruit. Amari Cooper was a four-star recruit. Tyler Boyd was a four-star recruit. Terry McLaurin was a four-star recruit. Paris Campbell was a four-star recruit. Chris Godwin was a four-star recruit. These are like the high-end four-star recruits because there are a lot of four-star recruits that don't make it. But if you're a four-star recruit, you have the talent to make it the next level. So Rashad Bateman is a four-star recruit. And this is just a small piece of the puzzle, right? We want to hit on our picks, but also what is the cost of investment in those picks, right? We talk about Justin Jefferson. We won a Justin Jefferson last year. The cost of obtaining him was around the 1.9 to 111. Great value. We got to take those things into consideration as well. So let's talk about Bateman and let's talk about his college production. So this is more of my analytical side. If you follow me and I strongly suggest that you follow me, 
I look at film, I break down film, I also have an analytical side. I have a data model that runs 36 plus metrics of wide receivers over the last 20 plus years, how they compare to successes at the NFL level, and how these prospects compare. So we look at production. It also is going to take in their athletic measurables at the combine. We don't have a combine this year, so I'm going to have to pull measurables from the pro days. We're going to put those together, and it's going to spit out what it projects to be either a top 24 player in fantasy, a top 12 fantasy player, and a top 5 fantasy player. Last year, Justin Jefferson was the only receiver that hit a top 5 measurable for a fantasy football receivers. Once we get the metrics this year, I'll run the numbers, and we'll see of these prospects who has that top five potential and if you follow along i'll do a podcast of just the top prospects in the class and who we want to target all right so when we look at production from the data side it's basically the receptions and we'll talk about market share and we'll talk about breakout age some metrics that are really important uh, on the data side Uh, but as far as production we're looking at their receptions that each player had divided by the total offensive completions by the quarterback how much of that piece did the receiver have right and then we look at production as yards the total yards the receiver had divided by the total completed yards by the quarterback so we look at age 18 season as freshmen okay and this is not a rashad bateman versus justin jefferson type podcast because I'm going to explain later why you don't want to compare players' production analytically because there could be a lot of factors. But we like Justin Jefferson, so I, and I see a lot of resemblance in Rashad Bateman on tape. So I want to compare and see how they look. So as 18-year-old freshman, Justin Jefferson's age was 18.6. Bateman's age was 18.3. So just three months younger than Jefferson as freshman. All right. Jefferson had zero stats as a freshman. Zero. All right. I think he had like two catches or zero yards or two receptions, zero yards, but he basically had zero stats. Bateman, on the other hand, at a younger age as a freshman, he had 51 receptions, 704 yards, and six touchdowns. Now, compared to the quarterback on the team had 186 completions and 2,678 yards or passing, That gives Bateman a 27.4% market share of the receptions and a 26.28% market share of the yards. Now, you'll notice when I do my breakdowns, I don't talk about touchdowns, right? Touchdowns are not sticky. One year, a receiver can have 10. The next year, he can have three, okay? So touchdowns aren't sticky, but how big a part of the offense they are is consistent okay so we look at receptions we look at yards how often does the quarterback go to these players all right bateman could take every pass he gets the one yard line and they could run it in so i don't want to talk about touchdowns all right so jefferson or or bateman on the other hand has a great freshman season okay that gives him a breakout age of 18.3 and we'll talk about that uh later in the podcast age 19 season the sophomores jefferson he had a 24.65% market share of the receptions and a 30% market share of the yards. Bateman, three months younger, he had 60 receptions as a sophomore, 1,219 yards and 11 touchdowns. All right. So he had a 28.57% 
market share of the receptions, which is greater than Jefferson. And he had a 37.47% market share of the yards, which is 7% higher than Jefferson. And that was with battling with Tyler Johnson in that offense. So Bateman is looking really good right now as far as the analytical side of the production. Age 20-year-old, they're both 20, junior season. Justin Jefferson played 15 games. He had 111 receptions, 100, or 1,540 yards, and 18 touchdowns, which was insane. But when you look at the quarterback, Joe Burrow passed for 5,600 yards and 60 touchdowns, right? So that only gave Jefferson a 27% market share of the receptions and a 27% market share of the yards, okay? Bateman, this year, COVID-ravaged season, only played in five games. And in those five games, Bateman had 36 catches for 472 yards. In those five games, the quarterback completed 76 passes for 1,033 yards. So in those five games that Bateman played, he had 47 0.36 percentage of the receptions. Almost half of the receptions of the offense went to Bateman. That is incredible. All right. He had 45.69% of the yards. Again, almost half of the offensive production of yards went to Rashad Bateman. That is incredible. Okay. That is incredible for a player. Now, we're going to break down and get into what I see on film, but let's talk more about the analytical approach, all right? The two sticky metrics that we talk about that I see that have translated year over year over year are breakout age and the dominator rating, all right? So let me explain both if you've never listened to either of my podcasts. Now, the college dominator rating was first outlined by Frank DuPont in his book, Game Plan. And the college dominator represents the player's market share, right? We talk about the market share. It's the percentage of the team's offensive production. So we talked about the reception and the yards. How much of the market share, how much of the production did Rashad Bateman get receptions? And how much did he get from the yards? Right? We don't talk about touchdowns because they're not sticky. So what I do is we went year by year, age 18, age 19, age 20, and then we look at it as a career. As his career, what was his market share of the Minnesota Golden Gophers offense? What I look for is I want at least 26% or higher of the market share of his team's offense. That's what you need to hit for my model. Now, if you don't hit that, I'm going to look at your film. I'm going to evaluate. Is there any reason why you didn't do that? We talked last year about the Alabama situation was unique from any other we've seen. Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Irv Smith, Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith. So many good players spread the ball out throughout. Their production metrics aren't going to be as high as someone like, like Rashad Bateman, who had very little competition on that offense. So talking about market share, dominator rating, if you hit 26% or higher, in my model, it indicates that you have the potential to be a team's number one wide receiver, or you have the potential to be a high caliber contributor in fantasy football. 20 to 25% 
indicates you're a mid-level talent, maybe a situational player, someone we might want to have on our team, more of a roster depth piece. And less than 20% is a red flag for me. If you're hitting less than 20% dominator rating, most likely you're off my draft board. So if you look at Rashad Bateman, his career, reception-wise, he had a 34.5% dominator rating and a 36.5% dominator rating for yards. So roughly he has about a 35% dominator rating which is great. I'm only looking for 26%. Now, in comparison, Justin Jefferson had a 33%. Okay? 33% yards, 26% receptions. So average that out, Justin Jefferson was around 29 to 30% market share of his team's offense. Just a tad bit lower than Bateman. But again, Justin Jefferson also had Jamar Chase on his team. So if Jamar Chase wasn't there, Justin Jefferson would have been hitting numbers like Rashad Bateman. Let's talk about breakout age. The younger a person is when they first become a leader in their respective field, the more likely that person is going to eventually become like a phenomenal, a phenom in their respective field. Okay. Now, following this logic, Frank DuPont and Sean Siegel they first examine a wide receiver's breakout age on rotoviz.com. They're the ones that originally started talking about breakout age. Now, what is a wide receiver's breakout age? Okay. The breakout age is defined by their age at the beginning of the college football season when they first posted a dominator rating of at or above 20%. We talked about that. For tight ends, running backs, it's like 15%. But the dominator rating is necessary to qualify for a breakout designation. So let's look at Rashad Bateman's breakout. In his college career, he had 34.5% of his team's receptions and 36.5% of his team's yards. Now we look out breakout age, we go all the way back to Rashad Bateman's freshman season when he was 18.3 years of age. He had a 27% percentage of the team's receptions, and he had a 26% market share of the team's yards. So basically, Rashad Bateman's breakout age is around 18 years, three months of age as a freshman, which is really, really, really good. Those are the type of athletes, wide receivers, we want to invest in in our fantasy drafts. So let's go back to what I talked about earlier. I don't want to compare Rashad Bateman and Justin Jefferson one for one, right? It's not fair to do that. There's so many factors involved in doing that, all right? It was a fun exercise. We had Jefferson ranked as our number one receiver last year. Bateman is in contention to be our number one wide receiver this year. So I just wanted to kind of compare and just see how they looked. And I wanted to share that with you guys. But I don't want to give you the impression that Rashad Bateman is the next Justin Jefferson. And I'll tell you why. I have noticed that when teams pass for more yards, the ball seems to be spread out to more players. Like we talked about, LSU, Joe Burrow, 5,600 yards passing, 60 touchdowns. Justin Jefferson only had 27% of that offense. 
Jamar Chase was there, Terrace Marshall was there, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was there, Thaddeus Moss was there. So I've noticed the more yards a quarterback passes for, the more it's spread out amongst players. The less passing yards a team has, it tends to increase yards and receptions for certain players. In this instance, perhaps Rashad Bateman. But if you look at his sophomore season with Tyler Johnson there, he performed very well. But why does this happen? Why does this happen? Why do more yards spread out amongst other players and, and, and market share and dominator goes down compared to teams that have less yards? I really think it has to do with lack of other playmakers at the position on the teams. So this year, Rashad Bateman, there was very little talent around him. The quarterback seemingly went to him all the time, was the go-to receiver. But Rashad Bateman produced in that scenario. So he could handle being the team's number one wide receiver. Like if we compare Jefferson and we compare Bateman, just because Bateman's numbers are higher, it doesn't mean he's better because, again, he's not playing with a talent like Jamar Chase and thus lowering his market share. So if you had teammates on your team that are as good as you or better, similar to Tyler Johnson, you're going to see your market share lower. So I don't want to compare market share in a vacuum, like comparable, because, like I said, many things can lead to lower or higher results. It is our responsibility as evaluators to zoom in, zoom out, identify outliers of players based on their analytical production. So with that being said, it's fun to compare Rashad Bateman and Justin Jefferson, the same guy we pegged as the wide receiver one in the 2020 class. They are completely different players in completely different situations. Now that we're done talking about the analytical side, let's talk about the film. We look at the film. What do we see for Rashad Bateman? No more Justin Jefferson talk. Let's talk about Rashad Bateman. This prospect is going to be very good in the NFL. I'm very excited about him. I'm looking forward to the combine numbers, his pro day numbers, because I want to compare what I see on tape to what he does athletically. I think that his size and his strength is going to create matchup problems at the NFL level. What we know now Strictly on the internet, what has happened in the past. We think he's six foot two, 210 pounds. We will find more of that at the pro day. What I saw on film, you can go on uh, YouTube, you can you can type in players' names, you can type in games, it'll show you snap counts. The Dynasty Nerds have a film room. You can go in there and you can look at players' snaps, you can see what they do. What I've noticed on the film that I've seen on Rashad Bateman. He has experience playing on the inside and he has experience playing on the outside. Very, very flexible receiver as far as what he can do, the positions that he can play. Last, last reference, similar to Justin Jefferson. Jefferson played uh, outside um, in his sophomore season, went inside for his junior season. Bateman can do the same. He can play both outside and he can play inside, which is a great advantage for him at the next level when he's lined up against uh press coverage which is which we're going to talk about maybe his weakness he tries to show a variety of releases to beat that press coverage uh, i think he's a very good route runner uh, he gets in and out of his breaks very quickly which is good at creating separation when he's running a route and a play breaks down 
He has very good instincts, finding the open hole, trying to create a outlet for the quarterback who, you know, is looking for someone to unload the ball to. He seems to have very good instincts of open holes in coverage to become a receiver. One thing I really noticed about him that I could not I could not get out of my mind is how strong his hands are. Like literally I feel like he has tremendous strength in his hands. I'm interested to see if they measure his hands how big his hands are. I mean, he can just snatch the ball out of the air. It reminds me when I was evaluating Mike Evans uh, out of Texas A&M, similar strength in his hands, just able to just rip the ball out of the air in coverage, uh, just able to, 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 to take care of the football when it comes his way. Uh, it reminded me of you know Mike Evans' evaluation he accelerates through the catch point. So when he catches the ball, he he continues to run. He doesn't slow down. And I think that's a product of his strong hands and his confidence that he does have strong hands, that he can he doesn't need to slow down to secure the ball because he knows no matter where he's at, he's going to pluck it out of the air and continue running at the same speed. And I've noticed he he rarely lets the ball get into his chest. And again, that goes back to the strength of his hands. He can just snatch the ball out of the air. A great skill to have at the next level. Just being confident, being able to pull the ball out of the out of the air, uh, and not worry about securing it to your chest. I mean, we see that a lot with like DK Metcalf. A lot of these players who don't have confidence in their hands tend to drop a lot of concentration passes because they want to, they're trying to ensure that it gets into their chest and they catch it. Rashad Bateman is the complete opposite. He's going to snatch it out of the air. He's going to grab it with one hand. He has extremely strong hands and I love that. Once he does catch the ball, he seems to be very physical after the catch. He's not afraid of contact. He's not afraid of running through tackles. A lot of positives uh, as far as Rashad Bateman's film goes. Now, we want to look at his weakness, okay? We want to look at what a player can do, right? We want to look at a player's strengths because weaknesses can be corrected, but you got to start with a good amount of strengths as a prospect. So Bateman does do that. Now, some of his weaknesses is I don't think he has explosive, elite explosiveness. I don't think that he's one of those quick twitch type players. I think he builds a lot of his speed down the field, building up speed. And I don't think his speed is bad. I don't think he's slow. But I also don't think he's going to be the fastest wide receiver on the field. I think he's going to be around a 4-5, 40-yard dash. And when we talked about Jefferson, he would, at a high school, he ran a 4-7-7, I think. But at the combine, he ran a 4-4-3-40, which completely blew me away. It really elevated him from wide receiver 3 ranking to that wide receiver 1, having that 4-4-3 speed. I mean, that is elite. If somehow Bateman can run anywhere near the 4-3-4-4-4-4-5-4-4-6 any type of that speed is really going to elevate Bateman in our rankings right now I have him at a 4.5 if he's if he's slower than that I'm going to be a little worried but if he's around 4.5 I'm going to be happy we'll see how his pro day goes I know pro days are a little faster than combines a lot of times they might run downhill 
they might run with the wind at their back. We are going to add some time to those 40s, usually a tenth of a second. We're going to add to those 40-yard dashes, but I'm interested to see what Rashad Bateman runs at his, at his pro day. And if he doesn't run a 40, I'm going to be very disappointed. But I think that if he wants to get first-round draft capital in the NFL draft, he's got to run a 40 because teams need to know how fast he is. Another thing that I noticed about Bateman is he has pretty tight hips. What that means is when he tries to change direction, he's not quick at it. He's not, I mean, I'm sure you've seen like the Tyree kills and the and the, the really explosive receivers that can change direction really quickly. Bateman doesn't have that, but Bateman does, if you watch him, he does try to manipulate angles and cornerbacks to where he knows that he he can't stop on a dime. He tries to use angles at his advantage to beat defensive backs. So he's not going to be one of those quick hitch, elusive type receivers um, like your Tyree Kills, like your Paris Campbells. But that doesn't mean he can't be successful, okay? Jefferson is a little better at that, but not quite Tyree Kill level. So that's one weakness that I did see on Bateman. And we talked about his press coverage, right? We talked about the wide array of releases that he used at the college level but is that going to translate at the nfl level will he be able to beat press coverage at the nfl level and that's one concern i have for him but i think that he can be coached on that and i think that he can be coached to get off press coverage and if he can't he's versatile enough that they can move him into the slot so i'm not really worried that much about it so on film he looks like an extremely good wide receiver a great prospect analytically he looks like a great prospect when i evaluate these players i also look i also dive deep in the internet i try to look at their personal life i try to see what makes them tick how their head is screwed on straight and some things that i found out about rashad bateman and you can take this how you want it but after the conference that he was playing in announced that there was going to be a season, Rashad Bateman decided to change his number from 13 to 0. And the reason he did that, and I'll quote you, he said that he wanted to change it based on a desire to make a statement against racial inequality. And I quote, this is what he said, I feel like I have a platform that I was blessed with, and I can use this to spread positive change. There is zero tolerance for racism in Minnesota, and there should be zero tolerance in the United States and in the world when it comes to racism. And I feel like I can change my jersey number to represent that and be positive change. So he changed his number from 13 to zero. Rashad Bateman sat out. After five games, he decided to opt out. I'm concerned about players that opt out for a few reasons because I feel like and I've played the game before, and, and if you've ever played any type of sport and you have that competitive drive, there are very few things that can make you not want to compete. Most of these NFL players put their life on the line to compete every day because they love the game of football. And when you look at great players, their competitive drive drives them to be elite. They either want to be elite or they just play for the money so you look at what drives these players. So there was talk about Rashad Bateman. He opted out of the season after five games. And we'll talk about Bateman opted out before the season started, but he did come back. And we'll talk about that. But there's an interview, and you can find it on YouTube, that Rashad Bateman was interviewed by ESPN. And they talked about why he opted out. And Rashad Bateman opted out, and he said the reason he opted out was not because of any other reason other than his health. 
and he talked about the fact that he had asthma and that there was a lot of questions about COVID-19 and how it could affect people with asthma. So on this interview, he said, the only reason I opted out was because my health, my asthma, I wanted to protect my life. I was concerned for my health, so I opted out. One of the ESPN commentators kind of insinuated that Bateman opted out because of the NFL. And he said, you know, if I was going to be an NFL player and I wanted to protect my draft status and I, I just wanted to start preparing for the NFL draft, I would probably have opted out as well. Did that have any impact in your decision to opt out? And Rashad Bateman quickly said, no, 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 no. Going to the NFL had no impact in me opting out from the season. It was strictly based on health. It was strictly based on my asthma. So the ESPN analyst then had a follow-up question and said, so you're telling me if you get drafted and the NFL still has COVID-related issues, will you hold out from the NFL? And Rashad Bateman said, yes, I will. All right. That was shocking to me that he said he would hold out from the NFL. But it also tells me that he's serious about his health. So Rashad Bateman could be drafted and he could say, you know what, I'm going to sit out. In an interview, I think he said he referenced a couple NFL players set out for the whole year because they were worried about their health. I would do the same thing is what he said. So there's a good chance that Rashad Bateman could be drafted and he might sit out for the NFL season if he don't, doesn't feel safe. Those are things we have to take in consideration when we're drafting. And as we get closer, I'm sure when teams interview Rashad Bateman, they're going to ask these questions. If we draft you in the first round and we expect you to be there from day one, are you going to be there or are you going to sit out? Rashad Bateman is going to give his reasoning. That could determine his draft status. So if Rashad Bateman falls to the second round, I don't think it's necessarily based on his talent level. I don't think it's based on his production, but it could be based on team perception of him drafting a player that wants to play from day one versus Rashad Bateman who said, you know, I'm going to take my health serious. If COVID's here, I might sit out. That is a possibility. And then once he gets to the second round, his talent is going to oversee that draft capital. A team's going to say, you know what? He's way too valuable to let drop. Let's go ahead and take him and see what he can do for us. That leads me to my next note. And that was an interview with PJ Fleck, the coach of Minnesota. He talks about Rashad Bateman. The Big Ten decided to have a season. P.J. Fleck said the first person he called was Rashad Bateman. And he said, listen, I know you've opted out. I know it's for health reasons, but if you want to come back, we are putting all these safety protocols in place. Social distancing, masks, a frequent testing of COVID. All these are put in place. If you want to come back, it's going to be safe. You can come back and play. He didn't try to recruit Rashad Bateman, but he said, we want you back. And I'm going to quote what I said here. P.J. Fleck said, this was strictly your decision. Whatever you decide, I will support you 100%. Also, you can come back and practice with us. We don't know where the virus is going. It's not guaranteed you're going to play. You could come back for four weeks, five weeks. We could practice. They could cancel the season. You might not be allowed to play. Is this worth it to you to do that? And without hesitation, PJ Flex said, Rashad Bateman said, I really want to come back. I don't want to come back for myself, but I want to come back for my teammates. And P.J. Flex said, you know what, I think that's really exciting that he made a comment like that because it shows what type of teammate he is. He wanted to come back, not for himself, but for his teammates. 
what I've gathered looking at Rashad Bateman's personal life, I think he's a team player. You can also find on YouTube, he started a video where it's going to show him preparing for the NFL Combine. You can find that just YouTube Rashad Bateman. But I like him. I like Rashad Bateman. Right now, he's our first evaluation, just like Justin Jefferson was. So he's going to be our wide receiver one moving forward. I'm going to reach out to my Patreon crew on Twitter crew and see who you want me to evaluate next. Let me make this very clear. I'm looking into the camera. This is going to be on YouTube. You're going to be able to watch this. I am very high on Rashad Bateman. Potentially Rashad Bateman could be better in my eyes than Jamar Chase, than Devonta Smith, than Jalen Waddle, than any other wide receiver in this class. I can't wait to see his pro day numbers. I can't wait to see his athletic measurables. We're going to run it through the data model. The data model is going to have very much influence on our rankings. But what I've seen on film, analytically, what I've seen Rashad Bateman, I'm very excited. I think he's going to be a great NFL player. Hopefully, the hype is not there. We're going to be able to get him around 19, 110, 111, just like we did Justin Jefferson. Time will tell where we have him ranked. Hit me up on Twitter at Roto Lounge. Find me on YouTube at Roto Lounge. Find me on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Roto Lounge. This has been Brad Starks. Cheers, my friends. Get yourself a nice bottle of whiskey. Make sure you drink responsibly. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy fantasy football. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.